You're listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 127. Before we get started with normal gameplay, I want to let our viewers and listeners uh, know the context of what's going on. So we met last week. Instead of doing a normal uh, episode, we met off camera uh, just to have a conversation for the whole night uh, with all of us, the players, and to really go over um, the campaign. And uh, what we like, what we don't like, what we uh, wish could be different. Um, really just talking about all aspects of uh, how we're feeling about it. We've been in this campaign for two and a half years. Uh, and one of the revelations that we had during this discussion is that uh, every single one of our other major story arcs that we've done since season one, Talking about story arcs, so Paragon Tier and Epic Tier being two different things from Season 1, pre and post space adventure from Season 2. Um, we're all about a, a year and a half, about 18 months, give or take, you know, several months. Uh, so this one being at two and a half years is actually considerably longer than any of our other single arcs uh, have have gone without making like a radical setting shift like we did in season two. Uh, so there, we had a lot of discussion about pacing of the story, uh, a lot of discussion about, um, you know, kind of re the desire to reach some amount of, of conclusion of some amount of story so that there can be a kind of uh, a drop in the, in the, in the, in the curve of intensity of the you know of, of what the pressures on the on the characters and so we had a, a you know very long discussion about all of that we took a ton of notes and uh and kaylin and i met this or talked we were always meeting because we lived together um <laughs> but we we sat down Inevitable. we sat down uh for a couple nights this last week to really go okay so we took we took all this feedback what changes ought we to make to the current story, the upcoming story, and even the past uh, to, that, to get us closer? Yeah, you're welcome. Um, to get us closer to where we'd all like to be. Because um, this, this wasn't just the players saying, hey, I, I want things to be different, and the DM going, oh, okay. There was a lot of things that I've felt some amount of dissatisfaction with, but it had been hard for me to put my finger on, and this discussion really helped clarify um a lot of those and really like aha that's what it is so um so what we're going to do is the reason i'm giving all that context is we're going to do some retcons um of our story and they're not small um they're going to be fairly large retcons um so and that is to that is all to serve you know the goals that we talked about so the way I want to do this is to just run a couple of quick scenes, essentially just kind of redoing past scenes uh, where some information might have come out. It's not going to be the same scene it was, just a conversation that didn't exist and now it will exist. Um, so it's a little tricky to know how to do this. I didn't like plan out 
specific settings or anything, but uh, we'll just jump into it. So the first is about, there's a little, needs to be a little bit of a meta description as well as then uh, jumping into it, which is, uh, so the first is Taita um, figuring out and discussing with, hang on, I need to get my notes out because now I'm losing track in my own head of what it is. Um, right, uh, the timeline of the curse. Um, the, you know, previously what has been established is that the curse, uh, once it was sort of observed uh, in a quantum way, it, uh, it became active and was going to essentially take a year to fully activate. And at the end of a year, the dwarves would uh, be no more uh, in their current form. So we're undoing that. Strike all of that. Um, and we're going to change it to something else. And uh, Taita, or Drustin, in a... I don't remember where you were when she originally figured this out. I guess it was in the, it was in the lab. Yeah, uh, I remember. I it was actually room. the one-year thing was outside the lab when we stopped in a cave. She had, like, a scanner she was scanning us with. Yeah. Let's just call it in the cave... Caves of the Underdark, as you're traveling to the to that big lift, Caves right? The, uh, the big elevator. And uh, Drustin, Taita, approaches you and says, Drustin, I... Oh, wait, hang on. I'm, I'm getting the two things that I'm going to do mixed up in my head, so now I need to get it straight. Okay, yeah, yeah. we're talking Maybe about... Okay, no, she's just talking to everybody. You're all there. And we're on the lift. It's close quarters. She says, I believe I have unlocked the secret of what will cause this, the energy of this curse, the effect that it will have, the destruction of your people uh, on the Sword Coast and beyond. And um, I'm... I'm fairly certain that I have it figured out. It seems to be tied to the very life force of your grandfather, as she looks to Bairn, Mock, and Drustin. How do you mean? Well, if I'm understanding this correctly, and I definitely am because I'm very, very smart, is that the final step of the spell, uh, essentially act activating the latent uh, arcane energy that has been, uh, that has been permeating uh, your, uh, your blood and soul of you and all of, all of your people these last hundreds of years, uh, will be activated upon the death of Adric himself. On his death? On his death, it's a bit poetic, if I say so myself. It, uh, it would seem that uh, whoever uh, created this and devised its very, very long-term plan uh, felt confident that uh, that Adric would live a long life, long enough for uh, for this spell, for this curse, to affect as many in the Dwarven kingdoms as possible. Or perhaps even it was part of the deal that he made originally, perhaps to live a long 
long and prosperous life as a dwarf and the leader or and connected to the dwarf holds would be violated if they would suddenly not be dwarves anymore during his lifetime and perhaps the spell was crafted with this nature in it for that reason uh, for it would fulfill the promise of what he got out of it Grim, uh, Scrim lets out a, a grim laugh <laughs> So after all these terrible things he's done, the one thing we can't do is go in and just cut his head off. It is. I, I, I have respected it, though, and I respect no less from that crafty devil. Ha! My grandfather. This old I'll see about keeping him alive. Say that Throw again. him in a prison or something. Mm, yes. Uh, a plan such as that should work. Transform him into a mouse. We Changes the strategy, though. We must proceed with caution, knowing this. However, uh, you've had discussions uh, now, and I'm sure in the future, from this moment in time, which is in the past, about what to do uh, with your uh, with your countrymen, the the dwarves uh, of the kingdoms of the of the various dwarven kingdoms of the Sword Coast. If they learned the true nature of, or if they learned the full breadth of Adric's betrayal against their uh, against their very species. Uh, it may be out of your or any of our control when Adric's life is ended. We must make sure to consider this when laying down plans. I would may be surprised if one such as Dax Shadowstalker were contracted by one of our cousins or kin if this were found out. Well, my father and mother know all the things that we learned in Krundukar. Right. Indeed, that but is... But they know, they know not of the curse. Uh, no, they know not of the curse, but they know of all the evil that Adric has wrought. It's, uh... Well, no, I think... I, the balance. They know... Yeah, you told them. But the curse... I is... did send a message about the curse to my father as well. Well, not this new detail. Hasn't had enough time yet, but I'll send right. it to him. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. We, your father is well trusted, and but we know as well that his hands are tied against the agents of Adric. You and I bear sat in that that council, and he was—he seemed unsure of what he might be able to do in our behalf, much less against uh, one such as Adric. Aye. Have you have you heard aught from him about developments on his side? Ah. Uh... Mostly that I am a pariah, and any further contact from me is uh, not necessarily a help to my family and those I love. Hmm. Well, there he had it. All right. So, uh, unless you want to keep going, you're welcome to, because it's, you know, okay. Uh, So there's the first one. All right. So big change. The year timeline is no more. Never existed. Don't know why you all got under that impression. It was not a literal translation. <laughs> um, but and to clarify, the information we got there was that that there would be a transformation. The the same effect of the curse, the okay. the sort of transformation of dwarves into Dwargar, 
triggering um, the the, the same as we talked about a couple weeks ago the same implication of uh, of a threat to uh, threat to Morden that this this could have this could have big uh, <clears throat> rippling effects in the uh, in at the celestial level right at the uh, and amongst the gods the pantheon gathered that but we might have well. with caution yes you gathered that as well uh, so there it is yes Adric's death will trigger the curse. Actually, which I will, is both a lot is, more time and mm-hmm. potentially no time at all, depending on... Then, then is right, he feeling right well before, Right before the camera fades to black, Scrim says, <clears throat> well, then it sounds like Ladigwer really just wants Amberhelm to die. Well, the, but, the, but with Perhaps. every breath of the, the curse spreads further and perhaps deeper. Uh, we're, uh, we'll not know easily when to pluck this berry. All right. So we'll continue the characters talking about this because they'll probably have some more thoughts about it at the balloon in Re- at Revel's Lift um, soon. Okay. So that's item number one. Um, item number two is uh, before contacting Deja, the pool of souls. Uh, why do you care about it? So giving a little more insight to the viewers, you know, one of the things we talked about is uh, the problem when the character, there's a problem when the characters don't have um, sort of a clear idea of where the road is headed because the players don't have a lot of opportunity to do interesting uh, problem solving or approaching the situation differently when they don't really n- have enough of the picture and a lot of our campaign has been what we called revelation based you know kind of keep just doing something following a vague lead until you get a new revelation and now you've got another bit of a thing to move forward to um and the pool of souls is a good example of that when i when kayla and i sat down to really talk about it we're like why are the characters going to the pool of souls and from their perspective that they know about. And the answer was, well, they kind of have a vague idea that maybe they could at least stop the curse in their own blood. And, and maybe what they learn there could be applied to the broader dwarves, but there's a lot of maybes here. And we were kind of going, I don't think there actually is like a super strong idea other than it was a lead that an NPC gave us. And the pool of souls is obviously important because it keeps coming up in the story. So, uh, sounds like as good a place to go as any. Power the, the gem that we had at the time, and the we gems. The about... gems were sort of either crafted there or 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 given there. The gems have a have a historical tie to the pool of souls. Yeah, somehow the power was involved with the creation of the curse or the gems or something. Right. So there's an idea that you know it's definitely related. Like there's a lot of reasons to go, but it's all vague and it's all kind of shrouded in mystery and abstract. So here's the next scene. Uh, this is uh, Taita talking with Mock specifically. Where are when? Uh, this is like before you met with Deja, um, before before you before you had the the plan to go to the. We were together alone while the group was at the tower investigating. That's true. Which tower? He, uh, well, we were in a black Make bombs. He makes. He was making smoke bombs. Oh bomb. yeah. Yeah, so at the forge, Taita talks to Mock and says, Mock, I have been working on a theory of something that could be done 
to help with this problem that we are all facing. The chief, the, the biggest problem for me is I don't like my hands being tied with regards to what we're going to do with your grandfather, Adric Amberhelm. I don't like, mm. I don't like vengeance. I don't like a dagger through the heart being taken off the table of possibilities and this doesn't sit well with me. I think I may have devised a solution, but I also don't think I could do it without your help. Well, speak to me then. Taita, better to be honest with each other, and we'll see where the negotiation falls. I believe it would be possible to devise a counter-curse, as it were, uh, a bit of magic that, if injected at the right time and place, could ride the wave of the original curse and neutralize it within the blood of your peoples. Uh, obviously, this would be highly desirable. Taita, if we're speaking honestly, you go on and on fairly frequently of how smart you are, but not until this very moment have I really given it much credence. Are you being honest with what you think is possible here? It's theory. It's theory, but uh, when you're speaking to someone as intelligent with, uh, as me, uh, theory should be taken very, very seriously. I, I certainly hope to. Uh, crafting such a thing is well outside the possibilities of even, uh, even the Deep Mascari with all of the resources available to, uh, to us at my original lab. But I think that perhaps the Pool of Souls... Uh, as we have discussed, uh, a possibility of, uh, of using is the key. The pool of souls would supply the amount of power that's necessary to, uh, to forge such a, uh, such a counter curse. If, uh, with the assistance of, uh, your cousin, Drewston, not Baron, Baron's not much for the, uh, arcane arts, uh, I believe that... Crafting, uh, the, crafting such a such a counter curse would be possible. The problem is how to hold the curse. It could be crafted and released into the air at, there at the pool of souls, and quite possibly kill us all. But uh, we don't want that to happen. We need to bring it with us. We have to take it with us and bring it to where the curse lives. Uh, that being Adric Amberhelm. I believe that what we will need to do is place this curse into a weapon. We have a. She pauses to look to at select Mark. from. He says we have a few to, to select from that uh, I think are strong candidates, but uh, the placing of a curse in a weapon, while very invigorating to me as an idea, is uh, not an ask I've heard of at any shop that I'm familiar with. <laughs> That's, she says, I think it's time for you to really think about what you've been working on here. The Pool of Souls is not named uh, coincidentally. Uh, the Pool of Souls, by one story, I'll say, there are many, but it is the story that I have always felt uh, holds the most likelihood to be true, um, is uh, powered by the souls of some ancient being or beings. 
nations, um, perhaps a war between powers uh, unfathomable to us in this time, from a time before time, uh, something such as that. But the, the, the important part of this is the fact that this is soul energy. This is not quite the same as the arcane weave, and certainly not the same as the divine powers that your cousin wields. Bairn, not Drustin. Drustin's not much for the divine arts. And, you wouldn't say yet. Uh, your experimentation recently, uh, you have uh, graciously allowed me to observe some of uh, what you have uh, been trying. I believe you are on the verge of, uh, of unlocking something very important that may become absolutely crucial for us down the road if this theory plays out. Hmm. Continue, if you could. She says, well, that's about it. I think we need to make a counter curse and we need to forge, uh, we need to forge it into a weapon, into a vessel that is powerful enough to contain this new magic, this new soul-based magic. And then we will take that weapon and plunge it into the heart of Adric Amber Helm and neutralize the curse once and for all. Like a long breath from Mark as he sits there. He, he, he seems invigorated by the invitation uh, to, to craft something. And he, he stands at his forge, a replica of Durgeddon's properties unknown, surrounded by materials collected from across the world that are just... And he, he see, like, he, 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 he surveys his kind of his shop. He kind of, like, tightens his grasp on the hammer he says, oh, I am at the same time inspired by your request to forge such a tool of great magnitude and impact and disheartened for its purpose at slaying my grandfather. This I know, Taita, that if, there is, if I'm to undertake a task like this, it will take my undivided attention. And there are things that I need to put to rest back on the Sword Coast before I commit. He kind of looks over and he says, we have some witches to fight. And that's first now, but after that, I'll have to have words with my cousin Baird. Perhaps we need to make a trip, a trip back west. Thank you, Taita. I will speak with Drustin about the counter-curse itself. I believe if he and I start to get to work on this, we could come up with something. Aye. You do that. And scene. Uh, so there you go. There's item number two. Uh, more concrete, uh, more concrete direction and, and expectation at the pool of souls. Uh, I like it. And, uh, and, a, and a trajectory forward on one potential way to bring this plot to a close. Um, uh, I mean, I guess the question of if it can be forged beforehand or has to be forged there, I guess is moot because it, there's clearly has to be some kind of activity at the pool of souls. I was going to ask if 
we need to bring a weapon or if we're making it there but uh, at the pool of souls um, and the Something details details of which would need to be uh, sort of right. solidified before heading down but of course you know it's a month away before Deja will yeah. even show up and I'm realizing that it doesn't uh, <clears throat> we have to do something at the pool of souls so yeah that's kind of a just a detail that's the uh, that's the idea Ooh, Dig it. Like my lights. Good light. Um, give me one second here. I got these to put inside a closet, and I realized. Quick tinkle. The beer's kind good, of a good use for this. Ah, we're taking a quick pause. I'm gonna freshen up the old beverage. You know. I have important things to do too. I've got people who I'm typing on I my typewriter. Now I'm going downstairs. I might as well throw these batteries away. <laughs> All right. Um, my niece made today. Say that again. What? Here's the teacup my niece made today. I made the handle. She made the cup. Sweet. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, okay. Lazy oh wait, guy. multiple people got up while I was away. They took the opportunity to flee. All right. Well, we're going to jump forward to Rebels List in a moment. (laughs) Yup. Dan, this is a PG. You doing okay there, Dan? Uh, PG movies have gotten pretty racy over the last like 20 years. Like it's, it's amazing what they get it with. I still am blown away by those Kmart commercials. I don't know how I didn't know about those. They're pretty funny. All right. Okay. So, everyone back? Oh, Eric's not back yet. All right. We're gonna jump. We're gonna jump into the uh, the main meat of our story here. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ballpark of our story. As soon as uh, as soon as Eric is back. So anyway, uh, I guess we can just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So those are those are kind of the two ideas we wanted to change. The the purpose of the getting rid of the year timeline and changing it to Adric's death is. Yeah, that 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 actually to for full credit by the way, that idea came from Kevin. Uh, oh, very nice. I didn't tell him I was going to use it. He had sent it to me like Friday of last week. He's like he's like here's a random idea. Like what if it was this way? And I was like that is a good idea. And then I decided to use it. Well, the more I you know, thought you're just about encouraging it, encouraging me to send more random ideas now. Once I thought of this um, the idea of what Taita um, mentioned, which is yeah, now the, there's there's not this timeline like in a year it's going to be done, so you don't waste your time, right? It's more his death, but he's not ailing or anything. In dwarves are super long lived, yeah. right? He's you, old, you, so it's not like we can. He's wait old, like but you, pro- you you but you still have you know dozens of years. Is it one dozen mm-hmm. or three dozen? You know who knows? But it's it's a long time, right? Except that there is now this risk of like, but you don't want him to die by accident. And that creates an interesting story element to potentially play off of, um, and creates I mean, a whole also, intrigue with the with the political aspect of the dwarven holds back home, which you guys have talked about a lot, but we didn't have a good way of making that yet um, matter a lot. And now there's a way that it matters a bit more. So that was the that was the inspiration. It's also not just hoping he lives, but it's now in Ladigwar's best interest that Abraham died. Uh, eventually, right. 
But we've established that the curse has spread enough now that it would be catastrophic for it to trigger. It would be yeah. catastrophic, yeah. So, but it is. But it, as you've seen in 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 uh, uh, Bearjaw and even Drustin, uh, it it is still spreading to new people. So the longer it goes, yeah. the longer it does that phase of it before triggering, the the wider the the blast radius. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take a sim. So as Sam had mentioned in the recap. You've just arrived at Revel's Lift. I'm just gonna change the map here. I also spent some time in Tabletop Simulator and set up some maps oh. with uh, states, so I can flip it to I can flip it to that, and I can flip oh. it to to that. Quite handy. That's why it says two out of two. I wish the tooltip wasn't yeah. there all the time, but oh well. That's okay. Um, so switching the music here. music is extremely quiet there it is snowbane's gift slowly politely even lowers <laughs> down to the uh to just uh, just uh, you know, between the, uh, I would say you you, you want to come down respectfully. So it's it's over here, off to the side of the Lotus Glade, the uh, the the west side. You know, respectfully away from uh, from any buildings, but uh, it is not a private landing. Uh, I mean, there is practically a welcoming party by the time you set down, and there are uh, there are. Uh, Plenty of adults uh, wearing all variety of different sorts of uh, of clothing. You have people holding tools that were working uh, that were working some fields here, and a whole gaggle of children running out, yelling, laughing, pointing up at the big balloon. Really, really excited. I mean, and like children are, they go up and start touching it and grabbing it. And as the balloons, actually, Grumbar says, "I'm gonna let the balloons down. Uh, they're supposed to be pretty tough." I don't think those children's finger human children don't have claws, right? And These are human? the balloons uh, the balloons lower down. You uh, see a mixture of folk down uh, down there. Most predominantly, hang on, if you'll excuse me, I will have to be referring a lot to my notes here. Oh, please do. Uh, I am looking <laughs> oh, I'm in the wrong section. Oh my god. Because my machine. Did we also is tweak so... the scale? What do we think it ought to be? Oh, sorry, I didn't pull in the new map. Uh, Kevin did adjust this. So about oh. about thirty miles from a far mm -hmm. end of the city to the other end. So still big. Um, this I mean, is a, bigger than San Francisco. This is a <laughs> this is a big uh, yeah. this is a big city, um, but very uh, very spread out. Um, and okay. uh, we'll we'll get more. Actually, yeah. As the balloon is coming down, you get a bit of a uh, you get a bit of a feel for the place. You can see that the city seems to be uh, obviously organized into four main uh, four main boroughs here. As you can see that the the architecture and uh, and even the 
the landscape around them look distinctly different. You have the uh, the what you will come to know as the Red Step up north there, where the humans live. Um, down here at the Lotus Glade, uh, that answers the question. Most of the children that approach you are water genasi, as uh, the mm. Lotus Glade here is uh, mainly the water genasi. Over in Opal Dell, uh, which is on the e southeast side by where there are some mines carved into the mountains here, are the gnomes that operate uh, Opal Dell. And finally, uh, up where, uh, where much of the farmland is, up in Hawkthorpe, <laughs> is uh, mainly occupied by the halflings. So, uh, humans, water genasi, gnomes, and halflings predominantly um and the the buildings are uh the buildings are more spread out than your average um than your average human city um that would have big walls and even that is notably absent for a city of this size um it doesn't have defensive walls going around the side when you set down it's not guards uh in armor that come running up to you it's children and families and field workers um, damn <laughs> i had to go stop my robot vacuum sorry what was the race in hawkthorpe uh hawkthorpe is halflings and red step humans Hawklands. okay so halflings gnomes water genasi and humans and humans so an almost Even perfect better than we find it guys the landing in revel's lift is met with celebration excitement and open arm welcoming of uh you and your uh and your entire uh and your entire party here as uh as you all uh exit there uh there's there's somebody interested in each and every one of you. Um, and uh, hospitality is immediately offered uh, and much curiosity expressed. The main uh, two leaders that, uh, that you end up talking to uh, in these first few hours in Revel's Lift is Beryl Anoko, who is an older gnome female of Opal Dell, uh, who, as you learned, uh, happened to be uh, traveling over in this side of the city uh, for some business, as well as uh, Jonas Lamb, um, who... Oh, I need to get to my section here. Ah! Wow, my document is really slow. What was that? So, gnome leader was who? Um, Opal. Uh, hang on, I'm going back. You're talking about the the Bar barrel Anoko. Sure. How do you spell that? Uh, not uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm getting all my I'm sorry. notes confused. That is barrel Anoko. B e r y l o n o k o. Say the last part again. And she is an old O-N-O-K-O. O-N-O-K-O. Okay, great. Thank you. She's an older gnome female. Not a leader, just a... Uh, just a notable? A no notable notable figure. Um, okay. And Jonas Lamb, uh, who is the head of the Lamb family uh, who operate out of Red Step.
All right. Cool. And it is it is Jonas Lamb who is quickest to offer uh, accommodations up in uh, in their uh, in their very well uh, well appointed manner uh, that they would love to uh, have you stay at uh, for the duration of your business here in Revels Lift. And as you quickly learn, there are not a lot of uh, accommodations available in Revels Lift, for it is a place that does not uh, does not house a lot of visitors to the place. While there are um, while there are inns of sorts, they mainly cater to locals that are traveling from other boroughs um, for days or weeks at a time, and less so for um, outsiders. Uh, not that you couldn't find it. Yes, Scrimcorn? I don't want to role, role play like word for word kind of stuff, but Scrimcorn, just to, just to uh, play him fairly, Scrimcorn is untrusting of these people. We've come into some places that were um, dystopian. They were crunchy. Utopian on the outside and nougaty dystopian on the inside. Um, so Scrim, at the very least, goes to Bairn, and Scrim is looking around, and he'll do an insight check, but Scrim says, <clears throat> What do you think, Baldurk? Are these nut jobs, or just actual... Bairn is people? also trying to look in the eyes of these people. Are they happy that we've arrived so that now they can eat us? Or sacrifices to their harvest gods. They all are wearing dinner uh, napkins tucked into their shirts. Welcome to the island. island. I mean, Wicker Island. (laughs) Uh, Jonas Lamb has long black hair treated with olive oil and perfumes set in all of the latest styles and wears long flowing silks in shades of red, umber, orange, and gold. He is dressed with money. Uh, and he is the one. He is the one dominating uh, your attention from the moment he arrives, which is minutes after you set down. And and he, while while you get a definitely a, a pompous air from him, he says, mm, "I would uh, I would love to have you hosted at our manor, and and we will of course take care of all accommodations revels lift does not see many visitors and as i'm certain you discovered uh, uh some amount of challenge in getting here uh so we would like to show you an extra special reception and show you the hospitality of the lift and while baron uh can form his own opinions about whether he likes the guy or not. He's not uh, roll a an inspiration check. Scrim also an insight check. I meant insight. <laughs> I mean, I can roll an inspiration check. <laughs> oh, <Ooh. laughs> uh, that's got a, a decent bonus. Not shit. Where's my numbers? Nineteen. Scrim's going to be higher than me. I'm at 11. So Scrim looked around, but then trusts in Baron's. Uh, what do each of us pick up? You. I'm assuming Baron's not picking up any weird ulterior motives. You're this not. Um, this guy seems What's to... Delicious, yes. You get the sense that this guy has a lot of money, and he'd like to spend it. Hmm. Are, are the people, are the villagers around him giving him some respect? 
or does he is he the only one who thinks as highly of himself? When um when he speaks to you all, uh, others they generally they're, they're not uh, what is it like? These are many different peoples, and while the children are still kind of running around, especially at Oil Vein, like the children have surrounded. <laughs> oil vein and they're asking about hey what about that arm what's up with that arm hey what's your arm made out of can i touch your arm there's a lot of questions like that um you find that the adults are generally when uh when jonas lamb is uh is speaking to you all they they just wait you know they they, they're standing there they they clearly would like to talk to you but they kind of just wait for him to finish they they're giving him a they're giving him a a space of uh authority uh, perhaps do, do they just as a quick question, do they look like they've seen adventurers before like i feel like we are very clearly an adventuring adventuring group have they seen dwarves before uh no so what the you you know uh, immediately from from talking to the you're 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 I'm trying to move it um, past this initial yeah, yeah. seconds I, yeah, I of this. So, we, we Dan, you said this. you're distrusting. Um, I just want to. I wanted to cover the distrusting part. I think Baron is saying, I, I imagine they probably don't get many visitors, so oh. they're probably looking to see what stories of the outside we have and what coin or treasures that they could trade for. Did you say stories of the outside, Cousin? <laughs> Scrim seems satisfied with this answer. <laughs> and uh, and before any business can get done, people need some time to rest. You guys have been on the balloon for a long time. Very tight quarters. Uh, although with the uh, hands of Ao gone, it freed up a little <laughs> bit. But still, you've got to, you know you're you're running you're running at uh, high capacity on that. I'll have a bullet on board. And uh, yeah, we and. Trade must be uh, done, as well as uh, Mock and Bairn uh, need to prepare for a uh, for a large journey uh, that they'll be departing from soon. Uh, but at the very least, yeah. a stocking up and a good night's sleep uh, seems prudent. And uh, failing any other, failing any other obvious uh, options, and not sensing any deception. It's uh, it's simple enough to head with uh, Jonas Lamb to Red Step and get settled in the uh, rooms that he has offered for you all. Yeah. Drewson tried to get pampered. Switch it up so here. This, this it's going to be that montage mm-hmm. of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Let me grab my map with the headlight? here. Da, 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 da. Kaboom. We're going to grab these maps. You're making them ungrabbable by us, right? Huh? Like I need keep, to. Oh, keep stop. Highlighting no, I can stop. Yep. So that was not an invitation for someone to test. I grabbed up it. To it. Okay. <laughs> yes, they're, they're locked now. Um, <laughs> so down here. A dungeon. Are the rooms. Uh, they look a little nicer than this little picture, but, you know, that's a decent. Uh, so many rooms. I mean, with those are big rooms. They are. They are big. Oh, rooms. so many pigs. Squares. So many pigs that have been slaughtered. <laughs> it's all and pig butts. It's all pig butts. 
You're settled in this entire section of this uh, uh, of this large uh, property, one of the most prominent uh, prominent buildings up in Revel's Lift. Although the humans of Revel, uh, uh, not Revel's Lift, sorry, I meant of the uh, Red of the Red Step. Um, as you approach the Red Step, you see that the shore rises in a series of leveled plateaus up the western mountain slope. Topping each plateau are gro groves of olive trees and grapevines. The sunlight blazes off of the red roofs of tall houses and manors draped in long silken banners. It is large houses here that are spread out. Um, this is one of the this is one of the larger ones, as you can see. It serves uh, many purposes. Um, throughout here. Go ahead. This is uh, this whole building is not where you are. So, give me a second. Like, yeah. Let me move all of your characters. You are down here. Oh. You are not here. Uh, this, Ignore me. This manor is a manor that, uh, that the family. Uh, manner of speaking. Operates in, and. Jonas Lamb leads you personally, uh, to this area of the building and says that these three bedrooms are yours for as long as you would like to stay, as well as um, some private common space here. And uh, as far as the manor itself, if the doors are unlocked, uh, feel, free to, uh, feel free to explore and, uh, and speak to others. You are given the impression that many are, uh, are interested in hearing your stories and uh, and what has brought you to this place. Hmm. Your hospitality is greatly appreciated, Jonas. It says, oh. It's the least we could do. I hate to even presume this, but is there a price you're expecting from us? Uh, anything we can give to you in return? Is no, no, uh, I do not expect a price. We have plenty of uh, we have plenty of accommodations, and it uh, costs our family very little to uh, to put you up here. Um, uh, please, please make yourselves uh, comfortable. I I would of course appreciate uh, you know understanding a bit more about what brings you here to Revel's Lift. If there's any assistance I can provide, it would be. Great to know. Uh, while most here in Revel's Lift are curious and uh, want to know about your, uh, want to hear about your stories that you may bring this place, especially the children, I do, I will say that there could be some that would uh, find your arrival here to be. Uh, slightly disconcerting, uh, for we are very used to our privacy here. Um, but, uh, you know, so just uh, let me know once you're settled, of course. I we should avoid. Uh, would... Ooh, go ahead. Oh, I would love to uh, share a meal with you at some point and, uh, and ask and answer questions accordingly. Says, yes, yes, please come to the, uh, you are invited to, uh, our dining hall. It's, uh, you can see it. It's the one with the, the big symbol of a grape on that building over there. Oh, and, uh, a big grape? Uh, <laughs> head there shortly before nightfall and we'll, uh, and we will share a meal together. 
Anyone we should avoid that would be unhappy with our arrival? Scrum straight to the point. Cannibals or something <laughs> like that. Who would want to That's eat us? Cannibals. Oh, 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 no, no. Nothing of the sort here in the lift. Uh, we uh, find ourselves uh, to be very accommodating, uh, despite our uh, despite our our uh, privacy Appetite. that we uh, that we n- normally enjoy. Uh, I would say that you'd be safe to speak to anyone within the city borders. Mm. Fair enough. As Scrimcorn surveils his surroundings. When They're nice accommodations. Them? They'll do for uh, for some time here. And uh, as you're just getting settled in your room, you hear the sound of rain on the rooftops. A downpour suddenly sweeps in over Revel's lift, and it is pouring rain outside. Some spring showers at the base of this mountain. Hmm. Uh, one detail about the map. Those are not pig butts. They are pigs, but it occurred to me a bit macabre. That's what it would They're look like if you're looking hooks. top down and they were hanging. A bunch of pig yep. carcasses. Uh, yes, those are. Yeah. Those are hanging pigs. I have actually haven't looked in every little. Oh yeah, that's the cold map. storage room, and then next to it yeah. is the butcher room. And then there's a bunch it's of like bloody playing Rimworld. Yeah, I was about to say I played Rimworld. Uh, <laughs> that kitchen a little bit small. They definitely didn't want to like you build that a little bigger from the beginning so that they can scale. But uh, yeah, Drusen's gonna start making an art object to put there. <laughs> Raise the mood a bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the, the chef there is probably gonna get into a bad mood. All right. <laughs> Nerds, 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 nerds. Um, I enjoy it when I get to participate in a video game talk. <laughs> I, I don't even know RimWorld. I didn't know you played RimWorld. I'm gonna... I've only played yeah. a tiny bit of it to know that it's not easy to get into. It's but very this, depressing, dude. This would be an amazing <laughs> Anyways. Um, yes. I just want it known that Drusen is switching into his casual clothes. And if you move over to his miniature cap. here. It is casual Drewston right now. Amazing. You switched to casual Drewston? Oh, oh, yeah. Is Look at that. Hat. Suddenly Drewston. Got his nice. Um, he's got his uh, uh, silvery moon clothes on. Hmm. Bearjaw's also in her casual clothes. I'm going full damn. The They're the same spins. as her regular clothes. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, it's either that or like, is she wearing anything? Like, She wrings a little bit of the blood out of it. Where is yeah, everyone she else? cleans it a little. Because you put your stuff in. I'm not sure where my mini is. Is it here. somewhere here? Yep. And where's uh? If you see it, throw it and stick it in the room. It's right. It's where's right the bullet staying? Uh, I'm grabbing these. There it is. Even though there are non-dwarves like uh, here's Drusten, here's a Drusten, Grumbar and yeah, well, uh, yes, yeah, when we one. say well, the Drusten. non-dwarves, we mean oil veins, scrim, and Berger. Say that uh, again? Where's Betsy the bullet staying? Oh, that's uh, a good question. Mock, where is Betsy on the ship? staying tonight? I'm looking for, for Mock the Mini, so help me find him if you see him. He's in the room. He's here. So, so uh, must have brought oh, him over. Thank you. Perfect, thank you. Um, on his yeah, own. Betsy, I mean, just looking at the map, it just seems like this place is pretty spacious, but like, like which is which is a, a huge upgrade from like, stuck on a lift, stuck in an airship, stuck over water. Uh, so she's kind of like, She's 
I wouldn't say enthusiastic, but she was like recovering from more recent adventures. She's going through this slow transition of becoming an adventurous mount, which is just like put through a lot of shit that you never dealt with growing up as the normal member of your species. And uh, <laughs> now she's able to kind of like shed a little bit of this most most recent transition and is, uh, I think, pretty excited to just go be in. If, if I could if I could say there is maybe some uh, some sellers here, like large kind of like cellars where maybe wine or spirit or, or ale is being matured. And as we're on the way to this house, she sees that and gets really excited and just starts running over there and like thumping against these big wooden doors. And, uh, you know, Mock, there's like some pushing, heaving and hoeing, some mewling. And in the end, he negotiates with a very, you know, accommodating... Sorry, the guy's name is... Ha- uh, what's the, the, our host's name? Uh, Jonas. Yo- Jonas Lamb. 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 Jonas. Yeah, that 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 Betsy would uh, Betsy would be able to stay the night in one of these empty cellars, and that Mock would be on the hook for whatever product maybe gets consumed or destroyed. But this is an empty an empty place that maybe she could she could be underground with some space. All right, definitely. This isn't gonna be a wine cellar with all these. Mock asks them, grapes. of course, and brings some of the quality casks in with them, or libation and. Merriment. Uh, granted, of course. So, the first order of business uh, facing the... Oh, I meant to actually have this one not get the grid, because we don't actually need it. There we go. Um, first order of business is Mock and Baron departing. Time is of the essence. Stasia will be back here in a little over a month for green grass and said, be here to get brought down to the yeah. Pool of Souls. Um, concerns is supplies for the trip tomorrow, and are we leaving tomorrow? Is this the right place? Like, like, do you guys have what you need here? Even if it's not the right place, can we leave you here safely for a month? This is the right place. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to getting says. to that wizard tower and seeing what's inside. Yes. I there'll be more to do. Did you see it on our way in? It was uh, exactly as I imagined it. I... Well, we've we've spoken of the of the journey ahead of us. We've we've got our speaking stones. We've got our spells. Uh, Betsy, I'm sure, thinks she'll have a longer reprieve than she actually will. As as Baron said, our supplies, a quick night's rest, and then back off to the east or to the west. One thought that maybe should get some discussion before we depart. It's been on my mind heavily. Now that we know the nature of the curse, should we reach out to Adric? I don't know. I imagine he's already motivated to stay alive, but should he be warned, informed, or just leave him in the dark as he has been? Mark hangs his head and says, I bear, we do know this, but we do, we, we've yet to know whether or not we want Ma- what want Adric to live longer, Clear- clearly he wants to. But do we want him to, given what's at stake? I've really struggled with the idea of killing my grandfather. I have waffled back and forth. There still is a possibility that he was ignorant to the greater implications of what he's done. But uh, perhaps 
the only route for him to die a hero's death is to sacrifice his life and on the behalf of the, the rest of us who prefer not to be dwergen. Hmm. I think well, he would be better a prisoner in our hands than out there alone. If he knows what we know about the curse, uh, then he may use it to attempt to get even more power before his death. Uh, yeah, aye. Uh, if there's opportunity, cousins, to take Adric into your own hands, say do so. But try not to put him in too much danger in the meantime. I. Hmm. But to tell him or no of what we know, the curse, I don't know if there's to be gained or not. Jusin shrugs and says, oh, you know, my opinion, cousin, more knowledge is better. But well, knowledge is power. Heroism. And it, it all depends on how much how much you think he already knows and if you think he has Scrim pauses for a moment and he says if you believe his soul is still good then hearing the full picture that we see would make a good person feel remorse hmm. if you don't think that will help telling him will not help us Perhaps even over just arranging a meeting with the man. How long has it been since any of us have seen him? Also, we've met great evil by now. We have a better judgment of the morality of others. Perhaps if you even set eyes upon him and talk to him once more, you would simply know if he had any way of recourse, or if the more he knew, the gladder he'd be to know that only in his life will any dwarf have the opportunity to have wealth and power that he's had. I, you, Baron, might have to make that call only after talking to him mm. and make best of the situation with what you feel at the time. Well, we're heading there that so way. Much. But I, th I think I agree with you. Telling him without having access to him doesn't seem to gain us much. I... Well, enough of that for me. Food for thought on the journey. Aye. And speaking of food for the belly, perhaps I'll finish this ale and help with the loading. Aye. Get going bright and early. We've quite a distance, uh, at least till the next, uh, I think... Do we have mapped out our next place of power or something we're going to use? No. Shortcut it back to the West Coast? Meta, had we discussed that? I don't remember. No. No. But I mean, surely you have. You've been on the thing for days and right. days. Right. That would make sense. The Luna is the safest way to travel. Aye. We've some well, distance that. to travel and challenges ahead of us. There are supplies to be negotiated in Aurora, and I have, at this point, a small heap of cut gems ready for market. Haven't had a chance to parlay in some time. I'm eager to put them to work for uh, for my own pocket and and the supplies for our trip. Uh, I'll get to work on that. I'll spend the rest of my evening there. I saw quite a... Go ahead. 
Uh, pull me aside if you need aught. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll break breakfast tomorrow before departure. I saw quite a gaggle of gnomes when we landed. I'm sure they'd be quite excited to see your wares. Oh, wonderful adversaries, the gnomes. So cheerful with a twinkle in their eye, but ah, scrutinizing beyond the many dwarves that I know and respect. I look forward to it. All right. Night comes. Hang on, let me let the dog out. No one say it. I was going to. No. We all, we all wanted to. Night comes, and so does supper. I assume you're all headed there. As you are welcomed to a, uh, a grand feasting, grand feast table. And sat down as, as, um, that I can never remember his first name. Jonas? Jonas. Lamb. As Jonas Lamb introduces you all and raises a glass of fine wine, which has been poured for each of you. Ooh. And uh, it says, to our, to our visitors, this fine day, an unexpected, uh, an unexpected breaking of the, of the, uh, oh, what's the word? Okay, Kevin, you're, uh, Kevin Caw, you are sending a lot of, uh, scratchy noise our direction. It has stopped. It stopped now. A breaking of our daily habits. Yeah. A breaking of our daily habits with this arrival of this uh, uh, of these fine folks. So a toast to our new partnership. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. he uh, holds it up, takes a drink, and he says, "Please, please." And food is brought out to each of you from serving staff who place it down and lift up their little metal toppy thingies an experience that i've Ooh, never had in my entire life um no wait that's not true we you've had room service one. you've had room service oh that's true room service does it i suppose it's the <laughs> poor man's banquet it doesn't feel glamorous when it's room <laughs> no, service because it's soggy french toast <laughs> and you're in your bed with your jammies on. <laughs> uh, i do have a question scrim has had a uh an exponentially increasing uh, 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 standard for food. What is his assessment of this meal? Well, the boiled eggs and whey cheese along with a tankard of ale is an excellent start to the meal. <gasps> but start? roll uh, some dice here. Should it be I roll the dice to see how much it impresses you? Let's say yeah, in a I, how, about, I, check. how about my... Okay, my... You should roll. What have we been using? Let me let me do the DC, and then you roll against. Like, it. How would you appraise a fine item? What is the quality of this? Wisdom? Wisdom. No, yeah. I I want I want to be I want Greg to succeed or fail in impressing Scrim. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't want to know if it's good. I want to know if I'm impressed. So, uh, we've been so doing this is the survival. There is a chef back there who's been working his ass off, and he's making a cooking oh, no. check. We've been doing 
wisdom. It's wisdom. With it's like, for training. some reason, so it feels it's higher nine. stakes than normal. So I have a nine bonus. And proficiency in cook skills or, or no. cookware. It's okay. Eleven it's essentially going to be an opposed wisdom check for the skill of <laughs> the uh, of the uh, everything on uh, their side against uh, sort of Scrimcorn's sort of expectations and skill level uh, for how much it impresses him. Not if it's good or bad food. It's good. Um, okay. But the yes. question is, yes. is Scrimcorn going, Granted. yes, but went a little heavy on the turmeric. Well, he don't even mission the stars. Say that again, Eric. I was like, will he be able to scrim this away and just harumph it into obscurity? Or will he be obligated to acknowledge? I feel called out. Yep. <laughs> I feel called out at Scrim right. one note behavior. <laughs> it's harumphing. It's Intentional, intentionally honorary. Uh, uh, All right. Scrim they will have... either hate the meal or hate that the chef is so good. They have uh, not just a chef, but there is a an entire kitchen staff involved here. Fresh ingredients grown uh, grown and raised and harvested here at Revel's Lift. Locally um, sourced. Lo- uh, all locally sourced. Farm to table, Extremely baby. fresh. Farm to table. Um, Nothing exotic, though. They don't get... They only got what they got. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be rolling with a bonus of 10 over here. But there are going to be some local flavors that maybe so Scrim hasn't sampled. Is this wisdom? Is proficiency? Does proficiency come in here? Yeah, yeah, because you, you have your cooking uh, proficiency. Okay. Right. Okay, so it's going to be a plus seven. Here it goes. <laughs> the kitchen rolls. Ooh, 14. I rolled a 15, so that's... 22. Oh. 22. So, the food is good. Scrim takes a bite and looks around the group and nods approvingly. Aww. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he, I would think he, the group looks at each other like, oh, uh. he, oh. he, he, he's, he, he doesn't fall out of his chair. <laughs> he's not weeping. No. Into gotcha. his wine. Good to, to be clear, my my interpretation of the role is that because you beat it, you're you you could cook a better meal. You could. Yeah. That was not what Scrim looks like when he's impressed. Uh-huh. Because Scrim <laughs> harumphs at so much, him being impressed. There's no harumph. Is off the meter. It's off the meter. I see. So the boiled eggs and whey cheese is an excellent beginning uh, to the meal. Uh, the those of you that know your fresh ingredients, such as scrim corn, you know, there's there's a difference when the egg was laid today. And these eggs, they were laid today. Uh, and uh, the cloaca. And fresh whey cheese. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and the tankard of ale, while not the finest, uh, uh, while not the finest dwarven ale uh, in the land, is, uh, is more than serviceable. For a uh, for a local brew, uh, this is followed up by the smoked shark and dried parsnip, along with a tankard of beer. The shark, shark. the shark is an unusual treat for uh, generally only available at coastal towns that have uh, that have such aquatic life even available. So uh, so the prep aside. A flavor that probably most of you have not had in quite some time, if ever. 
Is this a yeah. seaside town? Or is, are we confused? Is to be like fresh no, water? It's, 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 it's a freshwater shark. Okay, freshwater shark. Cool. Just like when you're camping and you're worried that there are freshwater sharks in the lake. Yeah. Here there are. Are there freshwater sharks? <laughs> Not if outside there... of the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> if there were, if there were, wouldn't you be terrified anytime you're swimming while camping? <laughs> I guess so. So there are freshwater sharks. This is a lake. Uh, Just now. Factoid, there are giant orcs <laughs> we will never meet again. Forgot, forgot and the there are there are <laughs> freshwater sharks. Shit. Uh roasted <laughs> duck and dried orange makes up the third Ooh. course, uh, along with another glass of wine, an older vintage than the one you used for the toast. And the entire meal is uh is capped off with some just excellently baked chicken with nutmeg and poached eggs and another glass of wine. Getting hungry. A bellyful. That's great. I'm quite hungry now. Um, Please, this is all delicious. (laughs) This is good food. Justin, every single one has protein in it. (laughs) Justin turns to his host and says, uh, uh, Master Lamb, uh, this meal is, is oh, quite incredible. A uh, taste that I've never had for a long time. Um, Did you like the freshwater shark? Excellent. <laughs> Mock pipes up between ale glugs. <laughs> it's a rare I... creature. <laughs> oh, it's been hunted almost to extinction outside of outside of its location. <laughs> um, uh, and your, your pairings of, of wines and ales is on point, as the, the youth say. Oh, I'm uh, so happy that our offerings meet with your approval. I, uh, beyond. Um, I'm sure you have much you want to learn outside uh, of the world outside. Uh, it seems mm. that you, you, dinner, you, you, get, you get nary a visitor here. Um, but I, we have a question for you as well. I wish to know about the wizard's tower. I'll seek something within it. The table gets not quiet. Actually, there's murmurs and chatter all around the table. uh, Suddenly, record scratch. No, no, no. It's all of a sudden it's people and you, you hear little glimmers like, I told you it was about the wizard. And someone said, someone said, no, that couldn't be. And someone says, is that a good thing? Should we be worried? Uh, Scrim mouths to bairn cannibals. <laughs> and the uh, Jonas, really Jonas taps, uh, taps a like a pewter, a pewter spoon. A silver, against, come on, silver. Silver, man. you're right, silver. Silver spoon <laughs> against the a lead spoon. <laughs> dun, dun. It, it chips off into his. Drink. I don't know why that's silver fine, didn't come fine. to my mind. Um, a silver colored. No, uh, taps his glass and everyone sort of quiets down, and he says, "Hmm, yes, there were some of us were hypothesizing that it could perhaps be the." Uh, the Wizard Dumfries Tower that brought you here. Dumfries? Yes. That was... I thought it was Humphrey. 
Uh, we get the name it's a, wrong. It's a difference in the dialect. And he oh. looks and he cocks his head and he says, oh, I think I've only known his last name or his, uh, what do they call it? His surname as he looks around the table Humphrey and everyone else Humphrey? nods. And Titus is says, Humphrey? he only ever introduced himself by his first name to me. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll assume with a name like that, you would only introduce yourself by one. This wizard's credibility. This man's credibility has dropped. That's pretty good payoff. Uh, you're attempting to keep a straight face. Says, I, your intuition is correct. Uh, we appreciate your hospitality. I'm sure there is much uh, we can teach us well um we are here for the tower and that which can be found within we have a friend who was in contact with the wizard don't don't worry uh, <laughs> who takes a pause to think about what name he's gonna use uh, <laughs> uh he was known to sit on the walls um and he says uh was in contact with him in an ethereal plane and he has some uh, research I would be much interested in learning about and finishing. Mm. And uh, he actually preemptively kind of puts out his hands, uh, gesturing to uh, the other, uh, the other, the delegation that is present, which is mostly humans. But there, uh, but there are uh, two gnomes, two water genasi, and two. Um, Wait, was it gnomes? Halflings. Yes. And half uh, Sorry. So uh, at the table, does it look like so, there are these are like representatives kind of thing, or are these just? They look yes, like, uh, you know, what, during the friends, during the course or... of dinner, they've all been introduced, and yes, okay. members of uh, of each of the areas. Not like there's just who happened to be there that day. The senior, the oh. the the sort of the repu- reputable members of those communities. Reputable, yeah, I mean, exactly. Spread out enough, and travel is slow enough that if you want to travel from one quarter to another quarter, it's going to take you like a day. Yeah. So at thirty miles, kind of diameter on the city, like Sam said, it's going to take you the better part of a day um, to to travel from one borough to another, and so staying um, for a night or multiple nights is not uncommon. Um, I. So he says, mm, "Yes, the wizard Dumfrey, a, a curious, a curious fellow in uh, uh, in our community here. If you could even uh, really call him a part of the community, he's kept to himself uh, for as long as." Anybody uh, can remember, or the immediate family members uh, therein, long-lived these wizards have tended to be. He says, I... He says, uh, but it has been about five years since the wizard Dumfrey seems to have disappeared. His servant uh, no longer uh, travels to the tower to bring uh, supplies, uh, uh, instead, just living in town, waiting for uh, waiting for uh, the wizard Dumfrey to return. Says it. His servant. Yes, that yes. Be? That might be somebody that you would like to be introduced to. I will. Uh, I will. Uh, I will send someone to fetch him for you. 
uh, so that you may meet him. Uh, and he says, uh, the tower, it's a, it just stands there, a fixture in our town. It is harmless as far as we can tell, although a tad foreboding, uh, uh, veering towards, uh, you might even say creepy, depending on who you ask. Uh, We've generally taken a stance of not trying to upset the balance of things. Although, with the ghosts and all, it's a, it's a bit more of a, a, of a concerning topic, and a growing number of the townsfolk uh, uh, have started shifting to the opinion that they would like something done. Ghosts? Of course. Uh, yes, you don't know about the ghosts. I figured that's why you were here. Uh, don't know about the ghosts. Oh, well... Inform uh, us, if you will. Well, there are ghosts in and around the tower, as far as we can tell. I'm, I'm no ghost expert. <laughs> but, uh... Just, but yes, there have been sightings. Not every night, but enough that it, uh, that... Most of us have seen it with our own eyes uh, here and there. Uh, some spirits, uh, specters floating around the tower, in and out. Nobody goes there, nobody enters, of course. But uh, the presence of these, uh, of these ghastly visages are, uh, are uh, disconcerting. Mm. It will be something you might need to be careful about. Uh, I just... Would like to say that we would like you to not upset the balance of things in this town. For all the things that the wizard Dumfrey has done for this town, which is to say, not much. He has, to the best of our understanding, provided the enchantment that hangs over this town and keeps and allows us to maintain our quiet and, uh, and peaceful lives, uh, not worrying about the concerns and politics of the outside. It's a measure of calm that everybody that lives here has become accustomed to, and we would prefer that to stay intact. On the topic of the enchantment, uh, it does seem to keep people out. Does it do anything to keep people in? Oh, heavens no. We are not prisoners in our town. But if you leave, you might find it difficult to return. Oh, and and, uh, and he looks and he says, I figured you must all know the exact nature of the enchantment to overcome it. You said you have a friend of the wizard Dumfrey. I simply assumed that, he, that you had been told everything about it and it's how you were able to overcome it. I see that some of my yeah. assumptions must have been incorrect. I believe our contact with him has not been recent. Well, at any rate, the uh, the nature of the enchantment, to the best of our understanding, is that anyone that uh, anyone that resides here can find their way back and can even bring guests with them, so long as they travel alongside them. But anyone seeking to come here from simple directions or uh, or just wandering the roads will find themselves not doing that. Hmm. So neat. Well, it's through sheer act of will that we were able to make it. Huh. 
What a notion. You must have strong heads, for you are among the first that we have ever had to arrive in such a fashion. Hmm. So it's been some time since other visitors have arrived. Oh, yes. Quite some time. As I said, we get visitors that are... that accompany uh, citizens of this place, uh, but for people to arrive from out of town, not accompanied by a reveler? Oh, yes, that's an awesome name for people that live here. Yeah. Not accompanied by a reveler? That is an unusual story. No one Hmm. uninvited comes here. But what is the appetite for knowledge about the outside world? Is it something that would be uh, enjoyed and engaged in or something feared by the people who live here? My cousin is a bit of a... Oh, the opinions on such things are as varied as the people that live here. There are some that go on regular expeditions to nearby towns, bringing back tales of what they've seen and who they've met. And there are others that would prefer the enchantment be augmented and not allow anyone to ever leave and keep our peaceful town from any sort of influence of the outside world such a future would be unlikely they do not have uh, they do not have a large contingent that believe to that degree but I simply explain it to illustrate the the wide and healthy variety of peoples that live here the nuance the life and then he takes a sip of his wine wistfully. He has been drinking. <laughs> you guys, I love you. Just met you. But I love you. Uh, cool. Drewson uh, just enjoys connecting with people, talking to people, asking more kind of uh, uh, archaeological side questions, like just like how does the town work? You know, where what are the ways people get around? Where are the holidays? Things like that. But nothing that needs to be just and Drewston, I mean, people are willing to talk. They are answering all his questions. Very excited about that. And so, there's a, a scribble of some invisible servant taking notes and occasionally giving an audible uh, sigh in the <laughs> corner. Uh, did anyone else have something in particular? Or are you retiring for the evening? Baron continues um, to enjoy the food. Where are we? Where are our rooms? I want to. In this building. Wanna... It, it's right here. Imagine we're in the big central I mean, I wanna, dining I area. Pick. No, no, that was a different building. Was this uh, where this feast was? Oh, not the same building. Gotcha. Yeah. Your rooms are a walk through the rain. We're over here. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There's like the, uh... four rooms with like. A dozen beds between them? Yeah, three Three rooms of beds and a... uh, That's true. If the dwarves... Well, well, the dwarves will Uh, be staying the night. Yeah. Drewson says... Leaving tomorrow. I'll call a dwarf room. We need one last sleepover before you go. (laughs) (laughs) Just like old times. I'll come. uh, We'll spend the night. Uh, Us cousins. Let me ask Berja for the hammer. 
few more things to see before I depart. And he goes and requests the Hammer of All Souls, which he's been spending uh, increased time with since the yeah, uh, since the time on the oh. tower. I can't get her to stand up. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So she she gives you the hammer. Um, when you approach her, though, to to have this discussion, she's actually in the hallway, like, geared up. She's got, like, a cloak on. Like, it's like one Heading of those. Heading somewhere to Joe? And she says, yes, it has been some time since I have given the, the woods uh, around <laughs> an area. A good study. I wish to see what is around. Probably well. She pulls might up her hood. Might pull, I pulls out the hammer. Borrow your, your hammer here for the evening. I, I'm out to depart and have, have more study and prayer with it. And uh, uh, feel free to take another weapon of mine if you're out for a journey. And she she looks down at at her at her hip. She's got like like one throwing axe, and she kind of nods. She says, "It would be prudent, perhaps, but I do not plan on meeting any struggles." Hope uh, I hope for the struggle's sake you don't. And he's just <laughs> the hammer. Um, yeah, she grabs whatever whatever he's got that's closest to a hammer. Yeah, uh, he does. He um, he hands her. He, he he has axes as well. But let's just say he gives her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he gives her his forge hammer. Oh, nice! He says, uh, "Forge hammer, valuable to mine. A bit, a bit blunt, but it, it it won't break on anything hard, anything softer than Betsy." <laughs> I will make no not to fight anything. Harder than Betsy. Ah. See that you don't. Good luck, Berger. Mm. See you in the morning. Let's see that. And she heads out. Berger's gone for the night. Mark goes to slumber with the cousins. Sleepover. Telling secrets and braiding each other's beards. Yeah. All right. You better believe it. This is your this is your sort of your night before splitting the party. I would recommend that anything that you would want to sort of yeah, you got the speaking stone. It's not like you can't talk later. Yeah. But here's your but chance for the busy. last night of conversation. I wish In that business. I could stay, cousin, because it sounds like going to be dealing with the undead, which uh, I'm not bad with, but. We leave in the morning. Well, I'll have a feeling that they might be mistaken these for spirits. But if uh, I were a wizard residing in a tower for a long time and leaving for a bit, I might stir up something that looked like spirits to keep others out of my meddling. I've got the Good feeling day. that with further investigation, there'll be no more than an illusion or something summoned that we can mm -hmm. deal with. Mm. Well, the townspeople seem like they like coin, so make sure that you give them plenty and they'll be friends. 
Oh, I'll be giving them plenty, cousin. Plenty of knowledge. <laughs> Aye, but also the coin. Oh. <laughs> of the feeling there is much we can do for them. Uh, whether they know it or not. Hmm. Nay. And keep an eye on Taita. She's maybe off-putting. <laughs> I don't know if people like have seen her like around here. Wouldn't want a bunch I of small-town yokels bringing up pitchforks and torches and, I don't know, burn the monster. We're They're used to thin us. walls. How thin are these walls? <laughs> uh, Roll a perception check. These seem to be a bit thicker, <laughs> although Drewson can hear everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, whether he wants or not. He's got very Taita, big... Taita stayed, stayed back from the feast uh, this time and sort of stayed in her quarters as she's... Uh, looking through her stuff. Is Kellen's camera messed up for you guys? It is for me. Okay. It is? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. It seems yeah. okay to me. Oh, yeah. Can you stop and start your camera, Kellen? It, it, does, it yeah, seemed to have uh, seemed to have broken. Okay. Oh, she quit the uh, channel by accident. That's the way to do it. And there it's back. Go. That worked. Yeah, you were frozen cool. for a while. Um, <laughs> I just assumed Let you were flipping us off. <laughs> Alright. Like I turn off my camera so Anything else? The dwarves here. Uh Drusen's just gonna turn to Mark and says Mock. I know you have a long history with Pubis. I knew him I... as a lad. And I just want to say I've known him that long. There is nary a good bone in that body. When you see him, give him a good one for me, eh? Aye, a pubis. He's one that I'm out to sort out myself. Wouldn't, uh, even if I had the coin and not the disposition to save it, I wouldn't send Dax after that black-hearted cur. I'll, I'll be back for my name, but we'll see what I have in store for pubis when the time is right. I'll be glad to hear it. Some of oh, us are already twerker in our hearts, if you know what I mean. I will oh, miss your cousins. I've enjoyed your company these past few months. Aye, and uh, we'll be seeing you again soon. A month will go by before you know it. Aye, it's been a brief adventure, though quite lively. A few months here and there are, are, are really nothing to a dwarf, but they are... The, the tizzy we've been on is quite remarkable. Ah, back in a flash. Rusunia, you look after these others. Yeah. Berja, Oil, Scrim. Ah, lovely people, but all drifters. No, no <laughs> sense of home and family. I know you haven't had much of yours these past years, but you were born with a good home, a good name. And family that loves you, loved you and loved you still. You, you know what that is, and have uh, ought to share with them. Last thing Drusen does is he takes out uh, a letter that's folded. It's got his a uh, little seal of uh, just green wax uh, on it, and he gives it to uh, Baron, and he says, "Uncleson, if you happen to see." Anyone from Gontalgrim, 
give this to them. A letter from your parents. Uh, don't know where he couldn't. Uh, has little to do with our discoveries. More to do with my own reflections on my upbringing and what might be haunting my parents still to this day. I'll see you them again. The letter. Thank you, cousin. And then he gives a big yawn and curls up with uh, his stuffed owl bear. Stuffed owl bear. He puts on his bunny suit pajamas. <laughs> yeah, he puts on his bunny <laughs> suit pajamas from the Goliaths. It's a deeply spiritual gift. You better appreciate that. (laughs) Good times. I'll be right back. Mox spends his late hours communing with the hammer. The, uh, The discussion with Taita days back is with him and more so than ever he craves understanding of the secrets of artifacts and weapons of power but uh, now he has greater purpose to do so and uh, that, that tempers that tempers his resolve it changes the way he approaches his, uh, his questions that he asks it's uh, the connection between the dwarves is one that is that is that is just racial, you could say, but uh, is also divine, as we as we've discussed, uh, related to Morden strongly. And as the the dwarves drink and sing and commune with one another, uh, you know, Mox strives for the rare opportunity to commune with dwarves of the past, or perhaps dwarves of the future. Uh, he wears his armor of Dergeddon as he communes with this hammer tries to reach for wisdom and connection beyond his own and he racks his brain for any small detail, a small etching, a small curve, a a small design choice that may unlock some of the secrets of of, of true power and of true art and he spends his his, his wee hours doing this before forced to part for he would not part Snowbane with her weapon after such a such a long journey to to complete it, roll a die with inspiration. Well, that's up to you. Um, but sounds roll like a, yes. Roll a d four with inspiration. What have you generally been doing for your uh, your crafting or or uh, like uh, soul soul forging type stuff? Yeah, like there hasn't been a lot of rolls. We haven't been doing yet. a lot. It comes down to wisdom, though, right? Wisdom is where all... Yeah. It's where all trade skills live. And we've been doing that with um, with a proficiency bonus. Um, as I think how we've been handling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roll wisdom, uh, roll wisdom skill check with proficiency. Okay, so I got two here. Oh. This is a scaling DC, so I'm not telling you the DC. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be a seven plus six. Not terrific. A thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. <clears throat> so Mock, you know, sort of studies this weapon. The impression I got is that he's going a little more kind of spiritual 
with this than he might do on an average day of kind of studying it from a more craftsman perspective. Yeah, like le a little bit less business here, if that makes sense, considering Moth, and maybe like a little bit more of a higher purpose at play, which pulls him, like you said, towards what what is spiritual, what is more kind of sacred of the art of, of crafting for the dwarves. It takes a while. As Mock spends his late evening into the... He will absolutely go exhaustion for this, by the way, too. His last night with the hammer. Into the early hours of the morning. Uh, Mock is... He's dedicated, if nothing else. And after some time, you can hear the faint cracking of ice as if distantly. In fact, at first, he's not sure if it's happening outside because you're next to a mountain with ice. And then he hears a roar of dwarven battle, a vicious lash of blizzard wind as the hammer warms in Mok's hands, drawing the heat from his palms. And then it's gone. As he, as he feels it fade away, he feels this lasting connection or the, the echo of it, a connection to something deeper in the magic, in the, you know, Mach is, Mach is thinking about the, he's thinking about the, the ancestors, the dwarven craft, craftsmen through this. And he's, he's definitely tapped into something there, but there's something more as well. Something that he's been exploring all these months as a, a connection to his very being. He felt a tugging of himself just at the end as it went away. It, it stays, of course, it's an impactful experience. You know, someone who's used to like looking for such fine details, the smallest of grains, to have something so physical and like palpable happen like this it's just like an overwhelming revelation and he's immediately his mind is just drawn first he's like really kind of shocked taken aback all of a sudden almost upset for more than the soul forger like the heat of the of the, the forge and the anvil that strikes like that is the source of craft crafting and craftsmen and to feel this cold presence this ice is like Expecting pizza and getting hot cookies. <laughs> Bring it all back. And his mind then kind of in that state, like kind of reaches towards the ice and what that may be. He thinks of, of Bear Jaw, the shared dream, like fighting in the mountains against the frost giant. Enemies that have, you know, reared their head from her subconscious within the last day as they approached Rebel's Lift. And he thinks deeper and he thinks of his cousin, Drusen, who once died, was chained in a place of dramatic cold, a story that was only told maybe once, and a topic that is not often broached, for it was a painful experience, and one that Mock feels somewhat responsible for, again, is because his, his, his young cousin out here on the, uh, on the adventuring road to suffer that fate, but his mind is drawn there as well. He has much to think of in this journey west. He gets 20 minutes of sleep, and then he gets up to start back. 
Mock and Baron are preparing to leave the next morning. Baron gets up, had a nice full eight hours rest. Being a spell, spellcaster means you always make sure you get your eight hours rest. It's just, it's, it's very wise. And you don't have, a, you, don't, you don't have a, too many late nights. No. Um, and Baron, as he does, asks his various questions to his god and communes, um, and gets to packing. Does he ask any specific questions on this day of the departure? Uh, I think he asks some ones about the place of power that we're headed to, and like I think I think the uh, the bear, or Essen and Grumbar had had one they had just. No, they had used one. That was different. That was at a high mascar. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you've been planning it them. out. Yeah. Yeah. He'd been planning it out and discussing things like basically just topics related to their journey. Yeah. Uh, Mock roll for exhaustion. Yeah. Yes. Come on, stop being slept together. They use okay. the inspiration. I, I I use it for the other roll. Oh yeah. Oh, we, should. we should roll the inspiration dice to someone else. Um, thanks. Goes to thanks. Bearjaw. <laughs> Get okay, Bear my adoption roll. It's in there somewhere. I can't get it. Where'd my dice go? Look at 12. 12. Do I, what do I do again? Oh, you know what? Look I actually still, I said roll for exhaustion, but actually I realized I don't, I didn't have I think, a, I, I, think I just have a point of exhaustion. I think he just has it. And then I have to like, and get a nice rest. You could see like it. a constitution saving throw or take a point of exhaustion. Oh, yeah. I've done, that roll I, something. I've done that when I sleep in my armor. I just, so, you have exhaustion. Let's just call it you have exhaustion. I, I think that, that that's what the intention <laughs> you, was. Like, you're oh, leaving they, anyway. This is just for flavor. So, yeah. Sure. Hey, um, I appreciate rolling dice. I still feel good about what happened here. I do too. Uh, All right, the departure in the morning. Everywhere you go, you you getting supplies? You trading? Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere you go, people are interested in you. Want to know who you are, where you're going, and when they see that you're like stocking up on supplies to leave, they're, most of the time people are disappointed as uh, they're going, so soon you're all leaving? And are a little relieved when they find that most of you are staying. And that... The balloon is leaving, mm. and most um, of the people are Aurora's staying behind. Going with them, right? Aurora <laughs> is going with. Yes, yeah. is uh, not to interrupt. Although that's exactly what I'm doing. Go for um, it. But uh, is there any final contact between her and Scrim, or is he not in need? I was just wondering, just because they had some moments. Oh, Aurora and Scrim. Moments. Well, she, I, I mean, everyone's saying. Yeah, yeah, I was just yes. saying. I just opening a door. Scrim's not uh, yeah. Scrim's not standoffish during during the goodbyes. I feel like there was a very close knit dwarven goodbye in mm-hmm. the, in the dwarven room. I feel like during yeah. the banquet, maybe there was a little bit of a um, we kind of just breezed through what may have been what we would normally do, like kind of a smoke sesh kind of thing about uh, you know that we that were the, uh, amongst the group as a whole of not just the dwarves. Um, and um, no, but Scrim is, is kind of uh, 
I, mean, I hate to say, no, he 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 doesn't uh, he doesn't pull her aside for anything, of course. anything specific. Just yeah. seeing if there was. Yeah. Oil Vena re- reiterates the value of friendship, even over uh, vast distances. So, you know, he's looking forward to talking to, to keeping in touch over the speaking stones. And Aurora, Aurora responds and says, "I know what it." I know what you're saying, oil vein. I'll come back. We'll still be friends. <laughs> oil vein blushes and scratches his, his head. Was that a question? It was a joke interpretation of uh, oil veins. Baron is also sort of joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said, I... Aurora, Aurora does respond saying well I I do have to talk to my father oh right that that point I right, will I and uh, and in uh, sort um. of holding the, uh, some of the last bits of supplies she walks over to Scrimcorn and just punches him in the shoulder and she says thanks old man <laughs> I think you're older than him uh, and, uh, and, uh, Scrim gives her, uh, the taller than the other person, but not leaning over hug. You just pull their shoulder to your hip. It's <laughs> called the teacher side hug. There you the go. The teacher you, side you, hug. Keep your job that way. <laughs> <laughs> Very important. Taking your face and pushing it into my belly. Uh, all right. The... The dwarves, sans Drustin. Can can Bearjaw give back Mox's oh, yeah. hammer? Oh yeah. When does Bearjaw when does Bearjaw show the up? The hammer back. Did yeah, she show up after night. people are up and moving around, or does she show up in the middle? Nah, of the night? she's she shows up like pretty late at night, but you know before dawn crests. I see. Okay, so she's mountain. here at the at the farewell, mm-hmm. with yeah. a bunch of townsfolk standing around watching. Yeah, because this is cool. Look at this cool thing we're all doing. Um, but yeah, she uh, she holds out his hammer to, to to return it to him. But it's it's got um, it's got like this leather strap kind of around around the like the bottom part of the handle. It's got like this little dangly bit coming off of it at the end. And it, you look at it; it's like it's obviously a bear tooth. Um, <laughs> And she just, without comment, you know, just returns it to him. Says, uh, uh, thank you, Berja. And, uh, he'll, ha- he'll, he'll hand her the hammer. I mean, he knows that she would come and receive it. This is not the kind of thing, like, oh, I just uh, left it under your bed. No, it's not right. the way this hammer is treated. This, this is, is almost like a ritualistic exchange. on somebody's person in this group. Yeah, yeah we don't leave that thing around. So he returns it to her and he says, uh, you take you take better care of that than I'll take care of this. And knowing Mark and how he well. for his hammers, <laughs> that's saying something. Uh, <laughs> and take care of these other boneheads with, while you're at it. No last I'm man, not too much last man standing sort of thing. <laughs> she, she laughs and she nudges him and says, just don't do anything I wouldn't do. Hmm? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> All right. 
Aurora, Grumbar, Essen, uh, Mock, and Bairn. All climb up aboard the uh, Snowbane's Gift. With and big, Betsy. And Betsy. And Betsy is hoisted up there. I don't know if you've ever explicitly <laughs> answered how Betsy gets Damn. in and out. We have not. I think there's like she displaces the arbalist on the top some of the times. And then other times there are just other times. What we do is we summon a brickstone and Betsy goes inside it. Then we move the ship so that the brickstone is pointed into it and Betsy comes back out. That's actually really smart. Uh, I like to think that that's how you've done it so far. And Tristan, and then the parting comment is you're going to have to figure out a new way to get her in and out of this thing without Tristan around. Exactly right. God. Mm. One thing at a time. (laughs) Maybe you couldn't hoist her from below or just have her dangle beneath the balloon or something. The feisty sprite is ready to go! Done all my checks! Essen shouts from the engine room slash Mox workshop slash gonna be even more Mox workshop on this journey. Yeah, maybe Betsy will just sleep where Bearjaw does, you know? Like, about the same size. Just about. Yeah, same about mass. Right. And uh, Grumbar turns on the balloon, and the uh, the balloons, the two balloons rise up. Their uh, their concentric rings spreading out over the uh, over the not the fabric uh, canvas. That's what I'm looking for. The canvas of the balloon. It's the skin of some sort of creepy crawling living creature. woodland creature. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, like they're still alive. Screaming faces in it. Skin. <laughs> Yeah, well, the strings are will-o'-wisps spun into a string. Anyway, uh, and it lifts up, and Snowbane's gift lifts up off of the ground, leaving Drewston, Scrimcorn, Bearjaw, Oilvane, and Taita on the ground as it lifts up and up and disappears over the tree line towards the southwest, towards the uh, location of a source of convergent convergence of the magical energies of nature from which they expect to activate the jump drive of the balloon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully get anywhere near they're intending to go. Yay. It's been a few times. Surely you have a better idea of how it works by now. All right. We left all the advanced magical people behind. We'll figure it out. So now I just need to real quick to change the permissions in Discord so that Sam and Eric can't be on this channel anymore. Uh, (laughs) It's been nice, guys. Hey, good luck to each of you. And if you you wipe, we'll carry that torch. I I put the GIF. I put the GIF in in Slack. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to wait for Sam to get back for the next part here. Ironically. Grabbing a beer. <laughs> Grabbing a beer. Well, actually, is... Uh... Oh, you're grabbing a beer? All right, you can go grab a beer, Eric. 
Well, now I want a beer. So, so Sam and Eric literally did both get up and leave. <laughs> All right. We're better off for it. Am I doing it right? Uh. <laughs> Ooh. So oh, the I'm day's agenda. Can we just all be crying when they get back? Dan's, Dan's trying. Dan's Where is that from? I'm squishing. That's Doctor Who. That's Doctor Who? Oh. Uh, I mean, that's not the Doctor. It's just. No, I mean, like, yeah, I think I remember which one. I haven't even seen it. I just know it's a good. It's a I great. I remember. Yeah. There's <laughs> Sam. <laughs> it's a noisy gift. It's one of those. <laughs> He turned off his camera. Oops. He turned off his camera. He's <laughs> gone. Don't look at me. There we go. See, I have to click Sam to make the camera actually turn on. Oh, no. Gosh darn it, I disconnected from Discord. Hang on. Can't take this anymore. Oh, I disconnected I from Discord. See, now I have to... Man. Oh, what a disaster. Discord is so finicky. Discord is so finicky. That was intentional. Well, you know how in the... If you have the cameras popped out... Or maybe none of you have it popped out. But if you have the cameras popped out, when your mouse isn't over the window, all the controls go away. It's kind of nice. So I clicked in randomly. I just went to go click in the window, but the disconnect button like materialized when I moused over. So I went... Ah! I could not stop. People were asking, your camera is still off from me. Oh, because yeah. I didn't turn it on. People were asking. I, I was if... just imagine I was gesturing as I was talking. Bearjaw was yeah. going to give the hammer back, but she's no hammer back girl. Ain't no hammer back. She's no hammer back. Uh, so get Eric here. Well, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. So, as Snowbane's gift. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Disappears over the tree line. The four of you, plus Taita, remaining, have business to get to. Scrimcorn. Go ahead, Dan. Do you have something? No. I mean, yes, but. Just the entire world. Scrimcorn takes a deep sigh. (laughs) Finally, they're coming. (laughs) He lets out a huge fart. Um, Been holding that since he met them. And uh, Scrimcorn uh, looks to his brother and says, uh, Brother, I've got to go for a bit. Are you leaving too? Where are you going? Some ridiculous air balloon. (coughs) Gotta go into the mountains for a bit. As we landed, it looked like the perfect place I need to be for a while. I can't call upon the witches for their power. Scrimcorn looks to Bearjaw as she clears her throat, I presume. <laughs> uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh. Sorry. When someone, when a player says our character's name, like they're about to do something, I feel like it's like them going, <clears throat> um, pay attention to me for a second. <clears throat> so, uh, and Scrimcorn, uh, I need to. <clears throat> can't call upon the witches for power anymore. I need to get back in touch with the natural energies that they were drawing upon, acting as the middleman, middle women. 
Middle person. Middle witch. Middle witch. <laughs> or... He's at... I'll be back. And, uh... <laughs> he takes off his, like, pack. Like, I he doesn't have his, like, full traveling pack, but I assume he has some satchels. Takes them off. And he gives them to his brother. Like, this is, like, basically the, the balloon has lifted up. Um... And I assume people are starting to disperse or whatnot. He hands the satchels. Um, and then... Uh, and then he reaches down and he pulls off his uh, his tunic. <coughs> down to the buff. <laughs> as he is now... <laughs> it's not anyone. It's shocking, shocking no one. It shocks... None Shocks of the, the, party. the crowd uh, that gathered around. <laughs> no one who matters. The crowd, the, there's, you know, there's, there's some reactions like, oh, uh, but, they, but the, but, modesty laws but the most, the children's like, eyes are covered. There's several reactions. I think in this world, the idea of modesty is not high up on the list of priorities at all. Villagers um, take their clothes. so so you're not getting they're like not a, descendants oh, of pilgrims. It's, it's not. They're not. Uh, no one's going uh, inappropriate or hide the children uh but what you do get uh, of of the sort of just reactions of everything that's going on here y you hear a bit of a Ugh. so that's that's yuck maybe a few people were like is he okay and one that guy's voice saying it's supposed to look like What's that right um <laughs> he looks just like me um he looks like a moose and uh <clears throat> And he uh, he he hands his brother his uh, his his tunic, and uh, and says, "I'll be back, brother. Keep an eye on things here." And then takes out his pipe, which is already smoking. Takes out the pipe from where? <laughs> You're not sure. <laughs> you looked and, away, uh, and then you looked back, and he had it. You just don't know. Pops it into his mouth and uh, oh. starts walking with a uh, a very uh, very deliberate walk, basically towards what I assume we can see the the mountains nearby. Can we get um, the apple uh, to the foot of the <clears throat> mountains? Are we? Um, we're pretty close. Very. Like, in fact, um, like in, in right fact, there. opals. I wish I had put these both as part of the same state. Ugh. Well, says, uh, after well, all I that, I can't easily. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, I just said that Oilvin tells uh, Scrimcorn as he's leaving. Brother, I hope you find what you're looking for. And Bearjaw interrupts that moment and calls out, If it's poison ivy, take the left road. <laughs> Up Scrim the looks back with a concerned look and then turns back uh, towards towards the mountains. Uh, he um, walks faster. He walks. <laughs> what? Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> Finally, a weekend! <laughs> um, okay, Scrimcorn's so no stranger to rashes. We... So he's not hiking up towards the house of Morning Lord. Oh, <laughs> Morning Lord. Not <laughs> Morning Lord. I thought we were in Red Step. Morning. We were in Lotus Glade? Morning. Well, the, you... He's Lotus walking. Glade is where the balloon was landed. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was... There. I thought the mountains... I thought the, the main mountains that we flew over were to the were, were to the east. 
you flew mm-hmm. from yes. Uh, we flew um, from the east. Yes. And we crossed so the mountains. Uh, I forget what they were called. We actually, there's even the map. Where'd it go? Oh, I can't, Something I snow. Oh, Sunset. Right here. Sunset mountains. Oh, oh, it's oh, the hello. Sunrise Mountains. Sunrise. There we go. Sunset mountains. And your your town is like somewhere right around here. Yeah. So he near the water. Not quite on the road. Clearly, it's on the water. Somewhere on Lake. Probably where this river. Molsentier. Yeah, Molsentier. It's probably around here. It's probably about where the town is. So basically east from here, and he walks towards yeah. the mountains, which I assume that you can you can see the mountains from pretty darn far away. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. It's a whole mountain range. Like, these mountains that cut right through the middle of Revel's Lift are part of the overall mountain ranges of the yeah. Sunrise. Rise. No, wait. Sunrise. Yeah. Sunrise Mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rise. Um, it's not... Side you're this, on. this isn't the... <laughs> this cut through here is not the mountain range right. but you know mountain ranges have a lot of pieces of it Valley, this is yeah. kind of a, I mean, this is kind I of assume, a notable smaller range that cuts through the yeah. city but to I the east the are melt, the bigger ones yeah. i assume the snow melt comes here and fills the water here and basically forms this river that comes down and makes the lake hmm. yeah I mean, yes yeah and uh the scrim starts walking east he walks uh towards the mountains there's a beautiful shot of uh his, uh, his little keister shaking back and forth as he uh, has the uh, <laughs> mountains rising up above him as he walks towards them. And he's made it clear, because he's I'll talked be right about before, like he's talked about some uh, uh, stuff here with his little goodbye saying, I gotta go, but he's talked about since, even probably before we even battle this epicemia, that uh, he needs to, needs to get in touch with the energies. Oh. Mm. This is like two towers. All of our party is splitting up. (laughs) The fellowship is no more. (laughs) It's broken. Not all tears are an evil. I think so. As usual. Oh, oh. <laughs> I got to go. I got has my own a, stuff. He has a, a phone call to make. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, I could smell freshly sprayed skunk, and Butters was outside, and I oh, no. kind of freaked out because you might no, all that's re- you might all remember that Butters was sprayed twice in eight days a couple yep. years ago, Poor and Butters. that anyway he was just he was just sleeping on the deck just somewhere in the neighborhood. But when I start when I smell skunk now I freak out um okay so where were we scrimcorn's gone scrimcorn has walked out he is strutted off naked towards the mountains uh justin has an appointment with the wizard servant and is going to go off to that ah so yes right after scrimcorn leaves jonas uh jonas lamb comes Walking up, and alongside him, Sam, describe your character. Um, you have, uh, I mean, y'all have seen, like, uh, y'all have seen Tita, right? And her new <laughs> weird robot body? Looks kind of uh, like that. Oh, 
Except <laughs> this one's not wearing a big, big fluffy cloak. It's just the body. Like there's no bag or cloak or whatever. It's just kind of strutting around robot body. Is it's it like smooth face like her body or is it more detailed? Um, Not that detailed. This was sort of a, I don't know. Practical. Practical, yeah. Practical construction. Hmm. And, uh... Jonas Lamb says, Yes, here's the group I was telling you about. Uh, everybody, uh, meet... 1369. 1369, as he prefers to be called. Uh, and it. Uh, as, uh, as it prefers to be called. Uh-huh. And uh, he says... This is Drusten Green, the Green Wizard. Uh, this is Bearjaw, the mighty Goliath from uh, the uh, Snowflake Mountains. No, that was the season one thing. Snowbane Mountains. From Good the enough. Snowbane Mountains. From the snowy north. And Oilvane. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> They're manservant. So they were interested, <laughs> and they've been interested in uh, the Wizard Dumfries Tower. Uh, interested in taking a peek inside, I believe. Figured might be best to connect you all, uh, as I believe you have an interest in finding out what has happened to your uh, what has happened to your late or old master, or whatever we're using to describe him, and uh. So, and there you have it. Lawyer. <laughs> hmm. I hope my continued hospitality and aid in your uh, quests here will inspire you to keep me updated as to your uh, as to your goings ons. Would have a hard time not to update you. Uh, he says, "Thank you, Yona." One three six nine. Uh, are you up for? a bit about your absent master and what was going on in that tower um mm. hang on so is Taita here because obviously if Taita's here that's important um that would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's have Taita not be with, here but... yeah she's kind of a weirdo she said pleasant and heartfelt goodbyes in her own way at the manor when you were sure. leaving uh but she was uh kind of doing her own thing so she wasn't here, and she will... Recharging. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Greg, what do I need to know? Yeah, so what did <laughs> what did you ask, Kevin? Uh, I just asked if 1369 is up for answering questions about their former master and the Wizard's Tower. So, 1369? 1369. Oh, that is easy to remember. I like that. Um... 1369, uh, a war forged, um, created by the Kasequas in Deepa Mascar. Uh, sent on a journey to go meet the wizard Dumfrey and, uh, and, uh, provide. Took a long time. Took a, yeah. 
took a long time, uh, to provide assistance. And if it is uh, pleasing to it uh, to stick around and uh, perhaps be a wizard's assistant. Hmm. The nature of your relationship with the wizard Dumfrey, uh, or Humphrey, as you knew him, uh, hmm. was unfortunately, uh, unfortunately kept at a distance. Um, you, you, uh, did all of Humphrey's shopping for him in the town. Hmm. Basically any of the needs outside of the tower you assisted with. He had a, uh, he had a human assistant before. But mm-hmm. when 1369 was uh, far more competent uh, at the job, he dismissed uh, that human and sent him <laughs> on his way. And 1369 uh, became his uh, research assistant, as 1369 would call it, um, f- uh, for the rest of all that time. And that all started about, uh, it all started about 150 years ago. Hmm. Uh, and in all that time, 1369 has never seen past the first room inside the tower. He uh, was permitted to sleep there and was kept comfortable, but never never given authorization to travel deeper within the tower or know much about what Humphrey was working on, although with so much time there, certainly picked up um, a fair amount of stuff via intuition. 1369 is... Uh, is no slouch when it comes to, uh, you know, being competent. Sure. Um, and I'll leave it to you for his motivation for sticking with such a, uh, what some people might call it, unglamorous job when it was his choice. Mm. Um, and so I have not seen Humphrey in some time? Five years ago, Humphrey was especially uh, animated that day. He said that today he was going to uh, have his biggest breakthrough yet. Um, Sent 1369 into town to gather routine supplies. And when 1369 came back, uh, the doors were locked and there were malicious spirits uh, flying around. And Hmm. he left. Hmm. What have I been doing since? Just hanging around? Um, well, partly I'm going to leave that up to you. Uh, I think you were very loyal to him, obviously, Mm -hmm. to work for him for so long. And wizards are weird. And sometimes they can just disappear for a while. Not, wouldn't be the first time he was just like, I think 1369 probably had backup accommodation outside of the tower. Just like a go-to place he could go to that was relatively nearby. Doesn't need a lot of comforts. Yeah, it doesn't need a lot of comforts. And um, and in the course of... You know, so in the course of, of, of the wizard uh, being a wizard, sometimes it would just be gone for a week. And it started like that. But then a week became a month, and a month became mm-hmm. a year. And mm-hmm. I would think that at the... At the five-year mark here, one three six nine is you know kind of this close to just basically being. You know, he's got to be pragmatic about the situation. He'd yeah. Prefer for Humphrey to still be around. 
Um, but he suspects that the spirits around the tower must have something to do with it because they weren't there before. Cool. Um, there you go. Excellent. Um, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, I'm afraid the late, well, my master is been indisposed for the last five years and I've been unable to contact him. The tower is surrounded by ghosts, but I'm happy to direct you to it. Would you like me to show you the way? It is awesome. a walk. Oh. Does one face have a face? Huh? Does he have a face? Uh, one through six nine does have like eyeballs and like mouth parts and that kind of stuff, but like not super detailed. Okay. Like you know, like a Warforged face. If you can like look yeah, up like Warforged general, face. General Grievous. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge artist, so I just like what do Warforges look like? And I'm like, cool, he looks like that. We'll get <laughs> a picture. Sam one three we'll six nine is ungendered. It seems is that right? Uh, yes, it is. Cool. It. It. It Thanks. prefers. That's cool. It's not one of you meat. Really, people. it's really sad for <laughs> it's me. That we can't use one of our awesome Warforged minis because we have some awesome ones mm-hmm. that are rare as fuck. By the way, we were trying to get those. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Bearjaw, Wilving, already up for coming with mm-hmm. us. I would appreciate some uh, uh, backup. Bearjaw yeah. nods her head. She's still looking at this warforge like trying to get the right like beat on this guy like how strong is he is he stronger than her could she beat him <laughs> in like a our hand-to-hand combat or maybe a, a a playful wrestle or perhaps a an arm wrestling competition she's all she's her mind's churning hmm. can you flip it? can i flip it can you flip it uh <laughs> Build-wise, it doesn't look super bulky. Um, you know, if, if you're to compare it to a human, which it's humanoid-shaped, uh, it's, you know, kind of a medium build, I guess you could say. Not unwieldy in, in, the, yeah. in the tossing department. Definitely, definitely, yeah. you know, maybe human-ish sized. Yeah, if, if, if 1369 is the type to sense when people are staring at it um the the definitely bear jaws like very very focused it's not aggressive necessarily but it is very just like focused attention okay um you notice that one through six nine as we start walking uh has a very very fast pace of walking (laughs) i like that just (laughs) starts walking very fast does he make any sounds when he walks or is he silent movie uh it doesn't make a whole lot of noise but it is very active and like swinging its arms and i don't know i like that so it's not it's not like walking like the terminator it's like occasionally skips oh my god Drusen dashes, uh, going fifty feet. Is that uh, enough to keep up with one three six nine? No. <laughs> <laughs> just all just watching it go. It go. Oh, man. It does notice. Oh, sorry. 
My bad. I forget sometimes. They offended. Been a while since I've had to walk so far. You have short legs. I have not seen one of your kind in ever. Mm. Oh, I'm a dwarf. A dwarf. And it says a line or two in Dwarvish, sort of like testing it out. Like, yes, I can speak Dwarvish. (laughs) (laughs) The quick brown fox jumped over the sleeping dog. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's it. Oh, very good. One, three, six, nine. Uh, Its face is not very expressive, but you can sense some amount of, I don't know, interest, delight in this. Pride. Yes, it's like, oh. Okay. Uh, and begins chatting at you in Dwarvish. Yeah, Various while they're walking, and... he'll say some information about dwarves in general and the, the seven holds they come from and just mm. your, your dwarf basics. How? Winter 6 9 is pointing about here is this town and that's that person and this person lives over there and the children over there like to play this fun game and <laughs> they're having a jolly old time talking. <laughs> How does Oilvane feel? that um, three out of the four dwarves have just left the group, and not five minutes later, he's still standing there listening to people speak dwarvish that <laughs> <laughs> he can't understand. Well, I mean, yeah. Orwin, he kind of feels like he has no choice now after watching <laughs> so many of his friends leave and his brother. He, like, when, when Drusen asked, hey, like, do you want to come along and check out this wizard's tower? He hesitated, but then realized that there's nothing else that he has no, he, there's nothing else for him to do. And the feelings of abandonment kick in and he <laughs> runs after everybody else. Too. But yeah, despite the fact that he can't understand what they're talking about right now. Airjaw will murmur everything to him if he <laughs> seems particularly flummoxed. <laughs> talked about very fast foxes it's unclear (laughs) yeah she's totally it's a game of telephone though because she transferring back into common for her isn't always exactly correct you know (laughs) i think we have to kill some dogs (laughs) so what do you want with humphrey anyway oh he was doing some research on something called a teleportation circle very Mm. interested in this I never heard particularly what he was doing. Disappeared five years ago. Said he was very excited about whatever he was doing. And then ghosts. But wizards <laughs> are they strange. Seem like, do they seem like real ghosts? Have you spent any time like uh, an action investigating them further? I don't know one. anything about ghosts. I don't have a soul. <laughs> oh. Damn. Oh. oh. What's a philosophical statement? Have I ever heard one? <laughs> they don't seem to be uh, physical. You can throw rocks at them, but they just go through. Do you throw rocks at them? Sometimes, for fun. The children. How far too. would you say you could throw a rock if you were trying to see the distance of a rock throwing contest? Just the, hypothetically. Farther than the children. 
She, Other than she you threw a child. She she tries to eye a child. Like, how much do they weigh? She looks she looks over and she sees uh. a couple of children standing near uh uh near one of the marshes, and one of them chucks a rock and it goes really surprisingly far. Potential. Hmm. Hmm. Like a good arm on that kid. Okay. That kid is now the average. As far as she's concerned. Good PE program here at Rebels Lift. <laughs> Great phys ed. <laughs> With 1369 setting the pace, it's a pretty quick <laughs> travel over to the Wizard's Tower, which is visible from where you were already. I mean, you can't miss it. It's a big old tower. Oh, there it is uh, in the map. Wizard's Tower. Okay. Yeah, the Wizard's Tower is right uh, at the intersection of where the river comes off of the lake here. Uh, it passes right alongside the tower, and it is a um, it's a it's a tower that stands modestly tall. You know, it's not like the Black Spire, um, and it's not like some of those opulent. Uh, showy towers that that some uh, big cities will have. Uh, you know, it's it's smaller than those. It's almost unassuming. If it weren't for the quick glimpse of some sort of strange figure flying out one window, looping around the tower, and phasing through the door, through the front door as you approach. And with that, we will continue next week. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> And we'll also And we'll also likely get uh, to introduce whatever Eric is doing. Yeah, he's playing a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That would be very interesting. Have we have we heard a ghost before in this campaign? A Rundle's ghost. It would make yeah, it we talked about Rundle. Ooh, I am a ghost. The I don't know about a, a ghost ghost, but the the misty forest was all um, ghost like. So there was there was uh, yeah. wraiths and banshees, and I specifically went searching undead. for the 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 ethereal. Undeads. I wanted it all to be ghostly type things because they were, but they were misty, so they weren't really. Yeah. They weren't actually undead, right? Because they were manifestations of that of that forest's uh, sort of will. Okay. By the uh, way, I just I thought about when you said ethereal that um when we when we explained our pedigree on like why we know the wizard, we had a different name that they had. And Justin said, a friend of ours interacted with him on the ethereal plane. And I feel like I know that we're playing D&D in Forgotten Realms, but we sound crazy. <laughs> like, and then Grim just strips down in the middle of the street and then walks off walk, the jungle. Walks off and they're just like, they're like, oh man, I'm really glad we got visitors. To How me, it's like since we stopped taking visitors, they have to yeah, assume to we're me, normal. They have to assume we're it's normal. like a celebrity when, like, Baseline. they're interviewing a celebrity and, like, oh yeah, my friend. Uh, you know, I go and ride horses with my friend Sean Connery, and uh, we were over there, and then Guy Fieri showed up and cooked us a meal, and it's like just this like different realm of things. Yeah. So when they hear an adventure, be like, yeah, they talked in the ethereal plane, like. Yes, wow. that's what people do in the world of adventuring. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, uh, that's how like, the adventurers oh, wow. live. 
I've been thinking about getting into that myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad how amused at least Kevin was with Humphrey Dumphrey. Uh, really good. That was a. I refuse to acknowledge. Well, that was a very. Uh, Kill and I were very happy with that. And then once we realized, wait, Taita will just say Humphrey, and the townsfolk will say the yeah. wizard Dumphrey, and we'll all is, come together. Is this what the campaign was built around? Yeah, that, that basically. There's no content the after ball. that. After that moment, this is, <laughs> that was the point. He so last week was like, we need more content. It's like, dude, just wait one week, man. Just wait, like it's coming. <laughs> the payoff is coming. You're gonna hear the words Humphrey Dumphrey out loud, and you're gonna be like, oh, this was worth two and a half years. We wasted so much time last week. We could have just pushed right through. We were Roll so close.